this little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Hi, and welcome to A Million Drops. I'm Scott Clapson. And this is a show called Real Good Stuff. We're here today with a special guest, Nadia Genet. How are you today? Oh, I'm so wonderful, Scott. Thank you so much for having me today. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for your patience with the scheduling. No problem. Everything. Yeah, it's it's so interesting as we as we've been doing these podcasts. I'm so astounded at how busy everyone is in all of our work and advocacy and the connections that we have and the it's things crazy. that we're all a part of. That's how we met, right? Yes, we met through a program called Food on Foot. Food on foot, right. and I'm still actually doing that program. As oh, you speak. are. How's that going? It's going wonderful. Yeah, um, it's good. a wonderful opportunity um, to uh, for employment and for yeah. housing. Um, so, if anybody has a lifetime to wait on uh, <laughs> on some resources, uh, it's a really good opportunity. Well, I think that's the thing in this experience of of being homeless and uh, surviving homelessness, mm-hmm. right, and being unhoused is we don't realize, I was at a meeting today for volunteers uh, with an organization, and they were talking about how slow bureaucracy moves. And they said, even with us as advocates coming alongside of people and building relationships, because this is the theme of this episode, is growing relationships and friendships and connections, um, it's hard. Right to get the to get the process rolling for folks, it even is. if you are with an organization that does great things, right? I mean, I wouldn't say that it's hard. I just think that it's a lot of tedious, and uh, it takes a lot of patience. Um, I think the the whole process is just very time consuming. Mm-hmm. I think one, if one has a mission and it's to get employment and to get housing, then that needs to be your mission. Yeah. There there should be no no having fun, no partying. Um, you need to be focused and um, very. Um, very ambitious and driven about what you want and when you want yeah. it. Yeah. So you just you just mentioned something um, ambition. Right? Ambition. Yeah, it's Aww. definitely something that you have, right? You think so? I think so. I know I think, so. I think three two. <laughs> I think three two. Yes. <laughs> um, but one of the things that impacted me about you, Nadia, when we met, was your ability to connect with people. Mm-hmm. And your ability to connect and talk with folks. And I noticed that at Food on Foot, right? Yeah. You did that with me. You, I'm sure, are there still doing that with folks, doing emotional support listening, right? And being yeah, there for, sure. for people, right? It's one of the things we connected around. Um, and I remember the day that I was no longer at Food on Foot. And yeah. you saw me on the bus the following week. And I was having a really hard week for a lot of different reasons. And you called to me from the back of the bus. It was yeah. one of those big double buses and you called to me and you called my name and and I saw you and I went back and you were just so encouraging and you listened and you made me feel so appreciated because sometimes we're going down a road and we get detoured mm-hmm. and we want to give up because you know again just like anything in life things take time right that's so true and you helped me remember to trust the process and not wow. not lose my you know lot lose everything just because of a bump in the road or a detour um, so yeah, it's really important the work that you do and, and being there for people. Well, I think it's incredible that, um, that I make you feel that way. Um, <laughs> I think it's, um, beautiful. Yeah. Um, now that, um, I've been clean and sober for about seven months, I've given myself an opportunity to sit back and to realize what my potential actually is. Yeah. And so, um, to, to come and stumble upon you that day on the bus, it was just an act of God. Um, yeah. what I consider my higher power to connect us and to be able to, um, move me in the right direction because you yourself are also a very great, um, 
uh, networking kind of guru type of person. And I, I love yeah. it because it just comes so naturally to mm-hmm. us um, to sit here and just be able to talk to one another and um, conversation just flow without any um, any effort really right. put into it. So um, it's just a blessing um, to be able to know um, just by me being me and being able to um, have a clear mindset mm-hmm. And uh, know what I want when I want it. And the way that I can impact somebody's life by just being my true authentic self is just a beautiful thing. Yeah. Can you, you said something about the calling, right? And we, we uh, in full disclosure, we burned a little bit of sage out of the doorway yeah. as you walked into the parking lot. I kind of still smell on, smell <laughs> right? on all over yeah. me. <laughs> well, I love it though, um, because I felt like this was going to be a very healing episode for, for me, sure. right? Yeah. Because I went through some rough stuff at the end of 2018 with thinking that things were going to change for me. And then I encountered this, you know, huge bump in the road. And I was like, oh, maybe the path that I'm on is not really the path that I'm supposed to be on, right? Um, And you mentioned something out there in the parking lot before we came inside about this being your calling of connecting with folks and this emotional support listening and network being your calling. Can you speak more to that and how you discovered that and what it does for you and what it means to you? Wow. Okay. So how I discovered my calling. Uh, let me see. Um, well, my, my whole journey um, through addiction and stuff has actually, <clears throat> I traveled within my addiction and it's kind of funny and homeless at that same time. So I, I moved from Dallas, Texas to Oklahoma and a horrible place in Oklahoma, let me tell you. And um, um, I almost got kind of like murdered and kind of like um, held hostage in, in Oklahoma, but then I had this wonderful person that I was working with at that time, um, co-worker of mine, and we escaped to Denver, Colorado in a U-Haul. We drove all the eight hours to there. Um, and then we ended up going to Denver, Colorado. After Denver, Colorado, we moved to, um, I moved to um, here, Los Angeles, California. And um, the way that I, I realized what my calling was, it wasn't until I got here and I put down um, everything that was holding me back from actually understanding the way that I can connect with somebody. And it's, it's through, through words, it's through eye connection, it's through body language, it's just the openness, open-mindedness that I, that I have with experiencing one's just self, um, one's being. And um, it's, it, you know, I, I don't know how to explain it, but I can just, I can touch people without ever even having to have physical touch. It's right. a beautiful thing. And um, I'm just blessed, you know, and, and just to let you know, I don't think it was kind of like a hiccup or a bump in the road for you. I just think it was an acceptance that you finally accepted within yourself or maybe life on life's terms at that moment right. in time to realize that maybe that's just not for you. Yeah. Well, and maybe the thing for me was was a really big awakening point. And Micah, the director of A Million Drops, said, yeah. maybe there's bigger plans. For sure. You know, maybe this job that you had planned. And someone even brought it up today at this volunteer training. She goes, have you thought about getting a job as a peer specialist? And I'm like, uh, yeah, I actually was supposed to start a job. And then what happened? And she looked at me <laughs> and her jaw hit the floor at this, because this is what she does with um, Sila. It's the... Uh, Silver Lake, Echo Park, Los Feliz, uh, Atwater, and Hollywood um, United Homeless Coalition or something like that. And they're really working to help people who are unhoused and come alongside of them and help them. Not as social workers, but just as their neighbors that care. Yeah, for sure. And she asked me about that. And I was like, she goes, how could they do that to you? And I said, I'm sure it's not just happened to me. I'm sure it's happened to other people. And I keep hearing this because she said she talked with another 
another advocate um, uh-huh. about this the other day about how a lot of these nonprofits and organizations they want to hire people or they want to be in community with people but they get scared because of the stigma and the stereotypes, much like anybody who we perceive as different than ourselves. Of course. There's so many like, they must be like this or they must be like that. Instead of realizing that we're all just human beings. Exactly. I think that's what it just all comes down to. If we could just start breaking those barriers Mm -hmm. of like being put into certain categories or boxes. Yeah. Um, You know, I I just heard that um, through a certain organization that we now have check boxes on um, to where it says what your gender is and it says trans man or M to F or, okay. you know, and it's, it's kind of upsetting because I kind of feel like there's just going to be more boxes added right. and there's going to be another box added. Yeah. And it's just, it's so upsetting because we don't need those boxes. Right. Couldn't there just be a little box that's just said human or homo sapien? Right. I mean, that would be amazing. <laughs> that would be amazing. And then we'd probably be all treated equally. Uh, maybe. <laughs> um, I'm not sure. I don't know if... I, the grant world and all of that just it seems so like they need to put labels on us to get us help. I know you're rolling your eyes and I'm kind of rolling. I my know, eyes I'm too. so sorry. I wonder <laughs> no, if they heard me roll my eyes. I know, I wonder if they heard that. Well they did now because Scotty opened his mouth. Um, oh. but it is it's so one of the things I said today during the volunteer training is as they were talking about how to be in community with people was I shared about my own experience, right? And the hardest thing for me being the social isolation of this experience. Social and the whole isolation. room shifted. All these people were looking at me because they were all questioning about like nimbyism and all these different things. They kept, I felt like they were, some of the questions were getting off track from engaging with the people that were sleeping outside to what do we do about nimbies? Mm. You know, people not in my backyard, if people know what that, you know, people that don't want the homeless around and just that humanizing of the moment for them, of yeah. them realizing that just like what you said, the eye contact is so powerful. It really is. It's the windows to your soul. Do you want to speak to that? Why eye contact is so com- important in communication? Well, I, I thought that, um, well, I was once told that it was the most, um, um, what personal, personal experience that one, mm-hmm. one human being can have with another. It's through eye contact. It's not so much body touch or anything mm-hmm. like that, but the eyes are like the windows to your soul. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like, um, well, me personally, I, I, usually if I stare somebody in the eyes, it's because I'm kind of like trying to really see if I can actually gain that trust or mm-hmm. if I can actually feel if that person is feeling what I'm feeling at that time and moment. And um, some people don't like that. They feel like I'm crossing a boundary if I if I stare too hard at them in their eyes and then they can't stare back. They feel kind of, in a sense, intimidated. Mm-hmm. Um, but those people just don't need to be in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I think boundaries are important. Of course. Yeah, of course they are. Um, And eye contact is so important. That's a big part of what I studied in school a few years ago Mm -hmm. in anthropology was this impact you have or we have when we see someone face to face because we are so much through text messages or through emails or on social media or however that is that we don't spend that time right face to face with each other. And there's something that happens Right or something that's happening with these podcasts, you know these these connections and these communications, and um, it's certainly I said at the beginning this has been kind of healing for me this one, but they've all kind of been healing in a way. Yes. Right? sitting down in conversation with people and building these connections and the people that I've met and the people that I've 
we've gotten to share kind of like where we relate on these because they're not really, you know, they're not really interviews. It's, you know, people that I've met that I'm like, oh my goodness, we need to sit down and talk about this, right? Because <laughs> yeah. you and I have talked about this many times, even in line at Food on Foot, you know? Yeah. When they stage you out there on Shader and everybody's standing there, you stand out there for like at least an hour. An hour or an hour at and least, a half. Yeah. And so you sure. have a lot of time to get to know people every week and you're with the same people. And it's just, it's, it's so powerful when we see each other we remember each other's names and we take that time to hear each other's stories i'm loving you on this microphone <laughs> in this podcast i think it's amazing oh i'm so excited to have one of my former food on foot colleagues really you know? why is that uh because for me food on foot was a really big part of 2018 for me oh it was wasn't yeah, it it was i was really devastated you know, when I saw you leave that day and, um, I really wanted to talk to you right after and you just did not want to have it, honey. You did follow you, up with me, huh? You, like, you were you not having me. All oh, right. I was not, I was not having anybody because, and I understand <coughs> yeah, that's that boundary I had to respect. Well, and it's hard to, um, I came back to food on foot because somebody else that had graduated the program that I was working with at the time yeah. asked me to come back and I had already kind of felt like I'd moved on. And for me, the most amazing thing that happened with letting go of one thing that I thought was an opportunity for me and embracing other opportunities was I found St. Stephen's Episcopal Church, which is doing a lot of the similar kinds of organizing that we are doing at Hollywood Adventist here where A Million Drops is perfect located, right? Yeah. I wasn't able to go to church on Sunday. And so all of these people that I've seen on Sunday there or at All Saints in Pasadena and things are going, oh my gosh, it's so great to see you. And I, I didn't think about that. You know, all of these folks who are housed or some yeah. of them that maybe are unhoused, but they're my community as well, right? But I was at Food on Foot every Sunday trying to just do for myself. And I'm not a really just do for myself type of person. Aww. But you know what I mean? I definitely. Like, well, I mean, I can relate. There's a lot of us that are sure. called to that, to called to service. And I feel very called to service. And I really appreciate folks like you who see people that maybe are wounded, that, you know, need a listening ear. And even if we're not willing at the time to speak. There's step, always another time right? and place. Oh, high five. High huh, five. Or, no, that or wasn't a high five. <laughs> high five. High now five. we'll do the high Nadia. five. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you've been such an encouragement to me. Oh, I really appreciate you yeah. so much. You're going to yeah. make my heart melt. Yeah. What do you think for you led you to realize? Because addiction is a hard thing. Uh, who right? are you telling? <laughs> what led you to understand that you needed to put things aside to embrace who you really are. Well, you know, when I was like uh, about a hundred and I want to say like 92 pounds, that was probably the smallest I got. And I was trying to kill myself inside of my motorized vehicle that I had yeah. like took out all kinds of the like, spark plugs and everything. And I, I, and I tweaked this damn car to the point to where it would not move. Right. I broke it all apart to pieces so that nobody would steal my car. And I was trying to sit in there and suffocate myself to death with heat and no water and smoking all kinds of meth thinking that that's how my life was going to end up being. I, I stayed there for about, I don't know, I want to say 10 or 12 hours and I tried to kill myself by, by just dehydration and, and heat exhaustion or something. I don't know. And, um, it just finally dawned on me that I just needed to get the fuck up and stop feeling sorry for my fucking self. It's hard, isn't it? It took me 32 years before wow. I could actually get up and, and, and stop feeling sorry for me. Yeah. That self-pity is one motherfucking bitch, let me tell you. 
I'm sorry to laugh, but it's No, true. it's great. And I think the world... I can finally laugh at it now. Yeah, and the world doesn't make it easy. Yeah, you that's know, so true. For us to, the to world. find that way to our authentic self. You the know, weight of the world yeah. is one heavy... Well, there's a lot of fear, right? Oh there's a God. lot of people living in fear that are scared of <clears throat> what they don't understand because of the stereotypes they've been given for sure. from said things like the media and TV and movies and all of this. Um, and even through some of the folks that we know that are advocates or really well-meaning people that want to be in community, but sometimes they do things that they don't understand are hurtful, right? And then dig up some of that stuff for us that might be really traumatic and Mm -hmm. remind us of things and might lead us to the, you know, because I've certainly had my moments in 2018 (laughs) where I was like, I wasn't, I was at the fountain and I couldn't have the windows rolled up, but I was sitting at the fountain going, okay, how can I dehydrate myself? How can I stop eating? You know, how can I... I didn't feel of value, and so I wanted to go away because I yeah. felt unseen, right? I felt like I didn't have value. And it's been amazing in the end of 2018 and the beginning of 2019, how as I let go of those things that I thought that I needed so much because I didn't have any other opportunities, all these other opportunities started presenting themselves. They're completely different, and they're different things. Like these podcasts, I it's know. completely different, but it's all me, and it was just... Us meeting with someone who Micah knew who had That's access networking. and had experience. Yeah. Networking. And I just said, I want to podcast again. I'm feeling really vulnerable. I'm really like I need to create. Brene Brown says vulnerability is the birthplace of innovation, creativity, and change. Right. Ooh, that's right? beautiful. Right. Well, it's true. <gasps> oh, and I love what's that. happening with these podcasts. Right. Just all the folks. I mean, we've had. All sorts of different folks. And this is so crazy. I've been looking forward to sitting down with you. It's taken oh, me a you're minute. Oh, so, to... you're so amazing. Well, <laughs> stop grandstanding, Nadia. <laughs> I love it. You're so, you're you're yeah. you're great, yeah, Scott. And and I'm I'm very glad that you're finally becoming aware of of your intention in life and and just just pure acceptance of of life and and what it is and people and who they are and and um, just loving yourself. Because this totally. is a form of love, the self-expression, and oh my goodness, yes, <laughs> and it's beautiful for us to be able to communicate yeah. with other people through microphones that look like you know what. But um, you know, it's 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 nice, and I never thought in a million years that I would be sitting here with you, yeah, and talking on these this little podcast, and I think it's amazing. And you know what's even more amazing is uh, one of the other people that I had on because there's been. I've had a few. I've seen. I've people, seen right? pictures. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Eric West was on one with me, right? I and, did see that picture. Yeah. And we talked a lot about self-love uh, because that's such a big part of it. You know, yeah. realizing. That, I mean, how much do you love yourself? Yeah. Well, how much when somebody else is hurting us and not realizing that they're hurting us, how much do we love ourselves to say, hey, I get that that's your opinion or that that's your truth or that's your experience even with me or around me. But I'm going to live over here in this because this is who I know myself to be. I know myself to be an amazing podcaster and amazing at sitting down with people for interviews. I know myself to be an amazing community organizer. I know myself to be all of these things. And I was trying to be something I wasn't. There you go. You know, I was trying to go work for an organization and, you know, fit into their box, and into their label of who they thought I was, right? You were lost at that High point. High five again, Nadia. Yes. I was but totally now you're lost. Found. And now I'm found. Amazing Grace. Oh, right? Here <laughs> we're seeing I'm so s- right? Yes. I it's so that. true, though. And it's all <laughs> coming down to growing relationships and I when I started this journey and was community organizing I had no idea that it was going to come down to that um what's next for Nadia what do you want to do wow okay so um you know I don't 
Well, okay, let me just go ahead and say it. So um, I interviewed for three positions at the um, the LGBT Center. and um, Oh, hey there. I'm being brought on board pretty soon. Um, sometime this next week, they should be giving me a call to give me when my start date would be. So I just got hired on. Um, pretty pretty excited about that. Wow. Um, you know, Look at you. I got and this all isn't these. This is the first like, nonprofit that you've worked for since you've been in LA. No, it hasn't. But um, you, <laughs> you know, rock. oh, thank you so much. But let me tell you something. Um, I found myself, um, you know, stumbling and and coming across some of those bumps that you talked about mm-hmm. um, while working at these nonprofits. You know what I mean? And and I'm 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 very blessed that um, I didn't really fall and stay down. Mm-hmm. Um, I got back up, and then I had just I, I went at it again, and 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 I'm just trying to make make sure that I make it this time. Mm-hmm. The you know? determination. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, what is your what is your passion? I mean, the LGBT center is a big place. What do you? My what, passion. What are you wanting to do with them? How are you wanting to align with their work? <sighs> wow, that's cr- that's a good question. Um, so uh, sitting down with, in the interview the other day, we had some really good questions, the way they interviewed me. And um, I thought that I was going to be quite nervous, you know, talking to them and stuff. But I don't know. I feel like my passion is, you know, gearing towards the younger crowd, mm-hmm. um, you know, just being that inspiration or that light that they actually need at that end of the tunnel. Um, I want to give them somebody that they can look up to, maybe a role model or mm-hmm. some kind of spokesperson that can mm-hmm. speak for them, whoever doesn't have that voice to speak for themselves. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just uh, to be able to, to support them in any way, shape or form that I can. You know, I remember being young and not knowing of any kind of resources, coming to Los Angeles, California, and realizing that the whole world is open to different um, possibilities of just right. life. And it's yeah. it's a beautiful thing. I, I believe we're all Skittles. <laughs> we're all Skittles. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it's one of the things that I've become aware, at, aware of in this experience is how many people are LGBTQ that are in this experience of homelessness. It's something like of the youth, it's something like more than 40% of the youth under 24 that are experiencing homelessness are LGBTQ. That's hugely disproportionate to the general population. Or not only that, but I mean, even the heterosexual crowds too. I mean, they have to experience this stuff in order just to survive. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, that's the, the sad part because people are then broken down to then do something that they are not wanting to do right. in order to gain some kind of benefit or, mm-hmm. or some, something from any situation. It's, it's a sad thing, to be oh, honest. Oh, my goodness. That's a whole other, that's a whole other right? podcast, right? <laughs> the guys that have approached me and asked me, oh, hey, let me come charge. You can come charge your phone at my house or you can come shower. <laughs> I was okay. Full discretion. Uh, you right. might want to, we might want to pause this or disconnect for a second. If <laughs> you could get triggered, but I was sexually assaulted that way Same. by a guy from an online website. We've been talking for a while and this was like a year ago. It's dangerous, um, but it was super dangerous. And we were talking and we had all these conversations and I thought that I knew him and he was saying that he wanted a boyfriend and all of these things. And I got there and that's totally not what he wanted. And then later he said, well, you came to my house. Mm. He goes, what were you expecting? And I was like, what was I expecting? All of the things that you, you said, said that yeah. I should be able to get a shower and I should be able to charge my phone and I should be able to take a little nap and rest a little bit. Because at the time, I didn't know where any resources were. I think this was, I have barely just found food on foot at the point that this happened. Yeah. That's how soon into my journey of being back in LA and, and surviving homelessness this time it happened. But it was really traumatic because this was somebody, this wasn't some random like person that I just talked to that night. We'd been talking for weeks and weeks. I mean, he knew so many things about me and for him to do that. 
after building up my trust. And then it just was really like, it was really terrifying. And it's actually happened to me a couple times where folks, guys, really thought that it was, you know, my vulnerability was an invitation, I guess. And it's really sad to me that we have folks like that in our community, right? That that would do that, that would prey upon people that are, yeah. you know, um, cause I really would like a partner, you know, I really would like, you know, I really, would <laughs> don't like we a compa- all <laughs> right. A companion and a best friend, you know, don't we all? um, and it's amazing when something like that happens. Cause I'd never been, I mean, I've been in bad relationships before, but I'd never been assaulted really? in a situation like, Oh yeah, totally. I'd never been assaulted like that. And it was really stunning for me to have that feeling. And then the, the guilt and all of the stuff that went along yeah. with it of like, you know, well, didn't you want it? Like that was kind of what he's, but you wanted it because you came over. Right. And it's like, but that's not what I wanted. Yeah. And it hurts when people assume that because you're in need, you're just going to give up your body in some way because that's your commodity that you have because you don't have any money. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not shaming people who make that choice willingly. Of course. Right? Of course not. Yes, like, I understand. Cause that. I get that there's some people that they have, we all have agency over our own bodies, but I've heard a lot of stories about folks, you know, LGBTQ and heterosexual and whoever that have been through those experiences where it's been yes. kind of assumed that they would trade their bodies for a resource or something. Um, and it's sad to me that we, that we as a culture and a society would put each other through that. Wow. Huh? Who it's knew life, we would top huh? on that to- topic on that? Wow. I know I got really sad. I know. Like, right. Oh, oh, yeah, it is. It is a sad face cause it's hard. And it's something we, you know, we need to be willing to talk about. I'd love to do a, um, a chapter in one of my books about it, actually, in that idea of books. You got our, books too. I'm going to be working on an audio book, actually, with our wow. new storyteller. Yeah. Oh my God! Look at you. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, moving on up. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy yeah. for you. Yeah, to a deluxe apartment. Yes. In the Alexandria. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> it is kind of <laughs> close to the sky. Um. So, Nadia, as yes. We close out this podcast and you've shared a lot about authenticity and eye contact and determination and all of this. Is there anything that you want to leave our listeners with of real good stuff? And Well, you know, I just, I want to leave them with, um, that you're worth it. Mm -hmm. Um, that life, um, really isn't that bad if you can just, um, accept it for what it is and realize that, um, that um, you have the power to make anything and be anything, go anywhere, see anybody, see anything, um, and to bring that to life. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have, you know, all you have to do is just tap into your inner self Mm -hmm. and uh, tell your little committee that you got in there to go fuck themselves, in a sense, (laughs) and just to leave you alone. (laughs) And, um, you know, everything will be, you know, Cupcakes and milkshakes. Yeah, cupcakes um, and milkshakes. I mean, as long as you can just, you know, gain acceptance. Acceptance yeah. is what's key for me. Yeah. Um, I finally um, let go and let God. Yeah. I have faith now. I have a higher power that I that I rely on every day. That's good. That's really good. I, I'm sorry. I'm in awe right now because I have never heard myself really speak <laughs> like this. And you're like, I am hearing myself speak like yeah, this now. Yeah, like this is crazy. And you know what? I used to I used to hate my voice, but listening to myself right now, I sound so calm and soothing. Like I can just mm-hmm. hear myself, and I'm like, you know what I mean? I'm like, you're welcome. Thank you so much, Scott. You're welcome. That's one of the things I love most about podcasting, right? Is because you get to sit down with folks 
who maybe you know or don't know, you get to know them better. You get to make eye contact and have a conversation that then other people get to listen to. Yes. But inevitably, myself and the folks that I sit down with, they make discoveries, you know, and I've had the same journey. I'm a, I love to sing and I have the same Do thing. you? Oh my gosh, yeah. I just joined I the Urban Voices Project. <laughs> well, you need to come to an Urban Voices Project. Where's that at? Sing. Uh, actually, um... Downtown on Wednesdays at four o'clock at the Wesley Health Center, five two two South San Pedro, down at Skid Row. All right, uh, and then we have a little salad dinner afterwards, and then you can stay for the performance choir rehearsal. And then they just m- are starting one at the public library on Tuesday afternoons. I believe wow. it starts at two thirty. Uh, at the public library downtown, they're going to do a community sing there as well. This idea kind of of meeting people where they're at. Yeah. And the community things are a lot of fun because it's just, it's like a community jam session. That's got to be fun. It's super fun. It's super fun. I'm going to try uh, to make it out there. Yeah, you should. It's it's great. Uh, urbanvoicesproject.org if you're listening. Uh, thank you to Urban Voices Project for welcoming me into the fold oh. and helping me be part of that choir. And it also came about because of Keith Phillips, who used to participate in Food on Foot as well. He's the one who joined Urban Voices and then told wow. me about it. So Food on Foot, yeah, props to Food on Foot. Shout right. out to them, right? Networking. Networking. It's all about networking. <laughs> the networks that I got who out of that Who do you know? Who do you know? And who can you go up to and shake their, shake hand, their hand and say, hi, I'm Scotty. Or even just These a smile. These are my gifts. Or a smile, right? That's how it started with Eye you contact. and me. Eye contact. Oh, I love you. I love you too, Nadia. Thank you so much for being here today You're with so me on Real Good Stuff. This no has been problem. a long time coming. Yeah. yeah. it only get better with time, so I'm going to keep coming back. <laughs> Absolutely. It'd be fun to have you on again. Thank you so much for listening to Real Good Stuff. I'm Scott Clapson. We've had a special guest today with, with us, our friend Nadia. And special thank you to a milliondrops.org. And sure microphones for the impeccable sound quality and our producer, DJ Cherished Love. Cynthia, thank you so much for this wonderful recording equipment. Have a great day and thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. This little light of mine.